fantastic. Well, thank you, Ben. That was great. It's good. I like that new guitar you got there. It's very good. Well, good morning. Please be seated. And uh, we leave this place with um, a little bit of all your hearts in here. And uh, it's sad to go. And uh, we've got to know a lot of you. And uh, uh, it's a little bit difficult to go. But um, uh, we will have some very good memories and some good laughs. I've enjoyed all the blokes. We've uh, built some really good relationships. So that's really good. So this morning, I, uh, I, uh, Pastor Wayne will be sharing a vision in February for DLC. And uh, normally you have your vision statement at the beginning of the year. But I thought I would just change it just slightly. But I'm going to tell you a story first, and I'm going to move around the platform this morning. And um, so Janine and myself, um, as you know, we've got five grandkids and we've got three beautiful daughters. And uh, they were, they've been with us when we planted a church and pastored it for 30 years and they did everything in the church. And uh, so we're looking forward to catching up with them again. But um, when they were little... We lived in Katoomba, which is New South Wales, Sydney, and then it's a two-hour drive to Penrith, and then you go up the mountain, up into the Blue Mountains, and uh, it's a holiday location, and some people run, they have runs there down the mountain, down the thousand steps, you know. When you go down a thousand steps down in the valley, you, you realise you have muscles you've never known you had before, and they really hurt. Uh, and uh, it's spectacular, the three sisters, it's, it's very pictorial, it's a very picturesque uh, holiday place, and tons of buses come up, all the tourists come up there, it's really nice. So we lived up there, and um, during winter, it's freezing. Nothing like this place at 43 degrees. <laughs> it's just absolutely freezing. And then the fog comes in. We were playing a game of cricket in the fog. Can you see that? Can you imagine that? The ball's coming you know, in the fog. So hopeless. So, um, and you know, we, we had cloth nappies at that time and you'd put them out in the morning and take them in at night and they were just frozen, frozen nappies. So one night we went down to Sydney for a, a night meeting. Sunday night meeting was absolutely fantastic. Sunday evening and um, we were driving back and there's this very heavy fog um, from about a quarter of the way into the mountain. And uh, you slow down, doing about 15 kilometres an hour. You actually turn off your headlights. You can't have your high beam on because it just blinds you. You turn off your headlights. You just have your little lights on. And even then, I had to wind down the window to stop the glass from fogging. And I'm looking at the dash in the middle of the road to make sure I stay on the road because <laughs> it's so thick, all right? And... Um, we're doing about 15 kilometres out. There's hardly any cars on the road. And then after about half an hour, there's, this, there's these red lights in front of me. I can just see these. They're the brake lights of someone. I thought, oh, this is fantastic. You know, I don't have to look out the window anymore. I don't have to look at, you know, go. And I followed the red lights all the way up to Katoomba. And the guy stopped. He just stopped. He gets out of the car and turns at me and goes, what are you doing? I says, what are you doing? He says, I'm in my driveway. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so the thing about fog is you can only see a few feet in front of you. Your vision is limited, right? You can hardly see in front of you. And I really want to talk about a particular concept in Scripture today. 
And it's not so much the vision of the church, that is uh, Pastor Wayne's job to do that, and he does a very good uh, job of that. But I want to talk today about Chazon. Now, let me just give you the concept that I want you to grab a hold of today. And, um, you know, a lot of people, some people, go through life without a plan and, uh, and they have no vision for what's, what, what they want to do. And you think of 2024 and we've all gone through that, you know, what do I want to do this year? And so I want you to consider this particular phrase this morning. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Okay? So I'm going to say that again. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Is that okay? Okay. One person. Okay. Do you like the person you're sitting next to this morning? Just turn to them and just say, your teeth are very white. What toothpaste do you use? Go and just, just say that to them, you know. If you're, if you're uncomfortable with that, just say, you're very good looking. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. How many of you would like to be debt free if you got debt? Don't put it up your hand. Don't embarrass you. Okay. You know, you could be debt-free, you could be more generous at church when God calls you to be more generous. How many people would love to be in better physical shape like me? <laughs> you know, so when you get invited to go swimming, you actually show up, you know, and because... Okay, come on, go on. Okay. How many, how many of you are not married, okay, but you, ha- you would love to have an intimate, thriving, strong Christian marriage, all the singles? You don't want to have a throw? Okay. How many of you would love to love God a bit more this year? Well, that was a good response. Okay. To be able to delight in him and to please him with your life, you know. And you want to hear that. You want to hear maybe at the end of the year, well done, good and faithful servant. That would be good to have a good goal for this year. What do you reckon? So, you know... Some of you would say, I would love to end up there this year with some of those. And you might have some of your own things, like you want to grow hair on your head or something this year, and you know, some important things like that. But you want to do that, and you want to get to the end of the year and say, I've achieved that, okay? But you can end up in these places, but it's not by accident. You don't stumble your way to achieving what you want to achieve. If you want to get closer to God, you don't stumble your way there. Is that, do we agree with that? Because everyone ends up somewhere and few people end up somewhere on purpose. My key verse today is Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. No vision is the Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word for vision is this particular word here. It's chazon. It's like, it's like a sneeze, okay? Everyone say it, chazon. Okay. And uh, it's not calzone or calzone, which is Spanish for underpants. No, it's not that. That's calzone, okay, or pants. Or in Italian, it's pizza, okay? But chazon means a dream, a revelation, a vision, and... If there's no chazone in your life, if there's no vision for a godly family, 
No chazon, there's tension. There's even possibility of a breakup. If there's no chazon in your financial freedom, you will always be in debt and you will live week by week. Do you, do you agree with this? If there's no chazon to have a healthy body, you're just going to eat more ice cream than me, okay? If there's no chazon for a thriving church that will make a lasting difference, there'll be no great ministry. No vision for it, okay? If there's no chazon for living passionately, we will live under, you will live under the vision that God has for your life. Do you believe God has a vision for your life? Well, if that's true, we are not to live under that vision, but we are to do something intentional about it. No chazon. People perish. Everyone say, no chazone. People perish. Okay. But when, when we seek God passionately, now we're going to have a month of prayer. It's at, in Hope Center in Brisbane. They're doing the same thing when we're praying. One of the things you can pray about is to pray passionately for God to speak to you about your own chazone, about your vision for your life, right? Pastor Wayne's going to speak about the vision of the church, but also there's a, a vision for you. You are not here by accident, okay? None of you are here by accident. You are created by God. You're placed in this church at this moment in history. God has a plan for your life. I'm working pretty hard here. Come on, come on. I just got to... Look, if I'm preaching bad, just go, help him, Jesus. Practice that. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, good. So when God speaks to us about our chazone, we need to do something about it because everyone ends up somewhere, right? But only a few end up in a place somewhere on purpose. Okay, and if you're seeking God, his vision for your life. So let me ask you another question. If money was no object in your life, okay? If money was no object at all, wasn't a criteria, what would you do for the rest of your life? What would it be? Money was no... What would you do for the rest of your life? Is it buy a bigger house? Buy a bigger boat, go on vacation. I, I'm, I must admit, I saw the ads on TV for Lotto, 200 million, and they said, buy a house, buy a boat, go around the world, all three of them that I just listed, you know. And then they interviewed a few people and they said the exact same thing, you know, I'm going to buy a bigger house, I'm going to buy a bigger boat. What would you do if, for the rest of your life, if money was no object. Let, let, me, let, let me ask you this particular question. Do you think God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die on the cross and to rise again and to send his Holy Spirit so our greatest dream is to go on holidays? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> because when there is no chazon, when there's no vision, we stumble through life. 
and we make it up as we go. And that's the tragedy of it. But this will not happen to you. This will not happen to this people in this section of the church. It will happen to you. Oh. <laughs> this will not happen to you in this section in the church. Correct. What? Correct. <laughs> yes, no, okay. <laughs> because transformation can happen, okay? Now, there are four phases, and I want to just very briefly go through these four phases today. We, we were meant to have some different screens, but uh, they didn't work. Okay. And... Uh, you know, when, when we look at all the Bible greats in Scripture, you know, Moses and David and Esther and Nehemiah and Paul, over and over and over again, you find these people had a vision for God and they experienced these four distinct phases to God's vision for their life. Acts chapter 20, Paul was pastoring a church in Ephesus and um, he planted the church. He loved the people. He was serving them. He baptised people, he married them, he buried them and they celebrated victories together. They had cups of tea after church and coffee, maybe, if coffee existed then or whatever. And he loved the Ephesian church, all the people that went there. But the Holy Spirit started to stir something within him. The Spirit of God began to stir within him and he felt he was being called to something else something that was different. And he gathers the church together and there's with great sorrow as he gathers the church together and he says, it's just breaking my heart, but God is telling me to do something else. And, and God's going to do that for some of you people too and I'm hoping for all of us that the Holy Spirit will begin to stir something within you for something fresh and something new, even here in this place today. Show you something bigger, something greater that can be achieved. You know, you can say goodbye to non-involvement. I still love Easter baby. No more non-involvement, right? No more sitting back. You can leave your comfort zone, right? That's required to leave that comfort zone. And you're going to have to take a step of faith, okay? Because even going to the next level, God is calling us to take a step of faith. And this applies to every one of us, okay? Join the DLC team, make an impact. So that is part of the process. And listen to what Paul says in Acts 20, 22. He's very emotional. He's tearing up, just like I'm going to be at the end of the service. And speaking to the elders... And he says, and now I'm compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying of the gospel of God's grace. Four phases of Chizun, let me look at them. And if you haven't experienced any of these, I pray that you do as you begin to seek God in our 24-7 prayer week coming up, next, starting next week. Number one, the Spirit's prompting. In Acts chapter 20, 22, it says this, Now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. So in other words, this isn't Paul's idea. It wasn't last night's pizza, okay? 
This is the Holy Spirit's idea. And Paul uses this phrase called Deo Numa. And it means, Deo is the Greek, it means bound, compelled, wrapped. And Numa is spirit. So the spirit is binding him, compelling him to change direction. There's this urgency within his own spirit. And really, that's my prayer for you at this moment that you will sense the movement, the pulling, the compelling of the Holy Spirit in your life to something fresh and something new that you can serve God in. Amen? Okay. Getting good at this. In other words, you see something. You see an opportunity. You think, hey, something could be done about that, right? And you're moving out of your comfort zone. You start to move out and you move into that faith zone and you're being pulled towards something. On the plane arriving back here from Christmas, coming back on the plane, there's this guy with this big plastic bag and a big box of donuts from Krispy Kreme. When Krispy Kreme first arrived in Sydney, um, they were cooking them on site. And you'd get off the plane and you'd kind of go... You just get off the plane and it just infiltrated the entire airport, you know, this, this Krispy Kreme. And I was drawn by the Krispy Kreme spirit. I was bound by the Krispy Kreme. Emily, I'm, I offended you. I'm sorry. I'm just. Bye. She's leaving church. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, you know, you can't quantify some things when you're bound by the spirit of God. It's just that Deo Numa. It's a move of the spirit in your heart. You sense something is changing in you. You can feel it. We had, when we, when we were in Bible college in, in Katoomba, CBC, which is now Alpha Crucis, we had a grandma who had this Deo Numa moment for Bolivia. A grandma. Please lift up your hands if you're a grandma. Just lift your hands up. Come on. I can't see you. Can you turn the lights on, please? Lights, 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 lights. I want to see all the grannies, all the dinosaurs. Hey, shh. Okay, hands up all the grandmas. Now, have a look. Have a look at all these ladies. Right? You're a grandma. Congratulations. So... She came to Bible school, three-year course. Every day she would jump on the train from Katuma and go down the mountain, get off the train and learn Spanish every afternoon, five days a week, to go to Bolivia, a grandma. Why? Because she had a Deo Numa moment. The Spirit of God was taking her to a place. She didn't really know what was going to happen but she was following the promptings of the Spirit. So do not say to me, you are too old. Don't say to me you're too old to do anything for the Spirit of God. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? So when Yvette leads us in worship and she says, let's worship God, don't say, I'm too old to lift up. No, lift up your hands and worship God because we can all experience the Deo Numa moment. Can anyone say amen to that? Amen. 
So that's the first thing. The second phase is a certain uncertainty. In verse 22, Paul says, I'm compelled by the Spirit. Just talked about that. I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. In other words, I know that I'm supposed to do this, but that's all I know. And I'm not sure when, where, or how. Have you got a hold of that? See, you're stepping out in faith. And I'm not quite sure what these steps are going to be. In other words... I know I'm supposed to do this, but that's all I know. You know, for for me, I remember I can point to a park on the Gold Coast where God spoke to me about the involvement in ministry I was in. It was going to finish up. I didn't understand God doing that at the moment, at that particular moment, but about a year later... Uh, we were in a, a gospel rock and roll band and we, were, uh, we had done some recording in Sydney, a Roselle recording studio. We are in Brisbane recording studio and I laid down some of my tracks. I was in the waiting area having coffee and God hit me with this Deo Numa moment and I sensed that I was going to change. Something was moving. I didn't know where or when or what. I was very happy with my involvement in the band. I loved it. It was great. We were doing great music and experiencing all this, but it was over. God was doing something new and something fresh within me. God was drawing me, and I ended up in Bible school because that was the only place I could work out that I was going. So what I'm saying to us this morning, you know, God might be calling you to marry Mary. But what if she turns out to be a psycho chick? (laughs) I need assurances. I need details. You know, what if God's calling me to leave my secure job, you know, and start a business? I need a guarantee. I need details, right? What if God is starting to call me to start a new ministry here at DLC, you know? Well, it's a Deo Numa moment. I need details, but, but, but. God may say to you, I'm not going to give you the details. (laughs) You can't handle the details. (laughs) If you knew all the details, you would say no. I mean, when we started the church, I didn't expect to bury people. People we loved. Marry people. Well, I was already... No, I met... Marry other people. No, I mean, (laughs) perform the marriage for other people. (laughs) I didn't expect to love people and they leave church and move on. And it breaks your heart. Had I known, and and I didn't realise the financial burden when you take out money and to build and, God, how are we going to do this? And yet God did it, but at that time, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I need details, but God doesn't do that for us because, you know, the emotional cost or the financial cost, you know, um, the personal challenges can be really devastating. And, and, and right at that beginning part when God starts to move you, you might say, get somebody else. But he's not going to give you all the details because you're stepping into that certain uncertainty and you're walking by faith, you're not leaning on your own understanding, you are trusting and following the Holy Spirit and he will 
guide you step by step. He doesn't show you the whole picture because he is strengthening your step each way and each day. Can anyone say amen to that? Some of you are already experiencing this. For example, I remember... How many, how, many, how many parents taught their kids to ride the bike? Yeah, okay. And possibly, don't let go, Dad, you know. <laughs> you're holding on the back seat and you're walking them like this, you know, and then you let go, right? And, they, and, and they're kind of going, oh, no, oh, no, and then you let go and they go, woo, right? Okay. And it's a little bit like that. God, help, help, help. And then, woo, God shows up. And you know that God's in on it. I'm getting excited now. You know, it's that Numa, Deo Numa moment, that moment of uncertainty, and it's that power to take the next step. You get that vision from God and you just take that step and it's one step at a time. In other words, let me just give you a phrase. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. Let me say it again. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. So God gives you a vision, a day a new moment. You feel a compulsion, a compelling towards something. Maybe you write it down, you put it on a sticky note, you put it on the fridge. You're not quite sure what's the next step. And you, you work out, okay, maybe this is the very first step. And step by step, you move towards that vision. And you will fail. <laughs> you, you will fall over. You will make mistakes. You won't hear always clearly. The very first time I preached was at Whopper Whopper Falls. Everyone say Whopper Whopper. Yeah, just north of Gympie. And uh, it's Whopper Whopper, you know. Um, and I, I got up to speak and it was terrible. It was absolutely shocking. And after the meeting, I went back to my room. I thought, oh, I'm just going to hide under the bed. And uh, the thin wall and the leader of the camp said, I could hear him talking in the next room. He'll learn. It was really bad. I was just going, oh. <laughs> but I'm saying to you, if you've that stirring in your spirit and you get one negative voice, don't walk away. If God's speaking to you, there are difficulties and hardships you've got to go through, Right? You don't walk away from the Spirit of God if he's compelling you. There, you will fall on your face. You will make mistakes. You're not quite sure what direction to go. You will make mistakes. You'll make errors. You'll say the wrong things to your wife. She'll throw plates at you. (laughs) Expect it. But God will keep leading you. Is that all right? So... Everyone say spirit prompting. And there's an element of certain uncertainty as we step out. And number three, the third phase is predictable resistance. You know, Paul says in verse uh, 23, we've got a spiritual enemy. I know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that the blessings and the pleasures are to come. (laughs) The Spirit warns me. That there are prisons and hardships about to face me, right? There's going to be an enemy who's going to try and stop your God-given vision. In fact, in every story in the Bible, Moses wants to set his people free. Pharaoh says, get lost, right? Okay? 
predictable resistance. Joseph wants to be a great leader. His brothers say, we don't like your coat and we don't like you. Okay? And so into the pit you go. So vision will always have resistance. Okay? And Nehemiah, he says, I've got a burden. God is speaking to me. God's stirring me. I want to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And I've got to do it. This, this vision is consuming me. And then send Ballot and then Tobia are standing at the bottom of the mountain. And they're having a go. What are you doing? What do you think you're doing up there, you know? Now, we're going to be stopping you. And his response is, I'm just too busy doing what I'm, God's called me to do to go down and talk to you blokes. There will always be resistance. It will always happen. And when you hear from God, when you take your first step of faith, sometimes all hell breaks loose. Okay? You get a vision for a godly marriage. The husband says, let's pray together. The wife says, I don't like the way you pray. Okay? And suddenly shoes are flying across the room. Why? Because there's a new direction happening in your life. And there's always resistance. Okay? You want to be financially free, you take a step out and suddenly the car breaks down, the fridge breaks down, the TV breaks down, everything breaks down. What on earth is happening? There's resistance. Okay? I'm trying to make it funny. Yeah, it's not very funny at all. Okay? You want to get in great shape and you go to Coles and Tim Tams, I got 90% off. Okay? <laughs> and they're calling you. Tim Tam calling. Okay. Predictable resistance. And then excuses come, but you've got to press through. And finally, number four, uncommon clarity. And this is where God wants you to live. Verse 24, he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. That's certainty. Because he's finally got it. Nothing else matters. Nothing, isn't that a song? Nothing else matters. Okay, nothing else matters if only I can finish the race and complete the task. I've had a deonuma moment. This is why I exist, my chazon. If only I can do this, the task of the Lord Jesus Christ, the task of testifying. So that's my prayer for us today, those four elements for each and every one of you. Some of you are going to look at me and say, that's not me. But God sees you differently. God sees and God speaks to you as individuals. And he will speak to you, give you a Deo Numa moment to experience of that. And my prayer, my prayer for you as a church is to have that, to, to be clarified in your life. And to push through some of the resistance that you're going to experience to overcome temptations, to walk away from what God wants to do in your life, which is so easy to do, and for you to wake up on a daily basis with a focus rather than just walking through life, okay? And to have this divine, passionate thing going on in your heart. We are not an accident. We're here to do kingdom stuff. So today, I think God is looking for fully devoted followers of Christ who have no regrets, who say to him, I consider my life worth nothing. I want to be like Nehemiah, had a vision to build, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and I can do something about that. And when God speaks to you, 
you're going to say, I can do something about that. Is that okay? Ask the band to come on up. So, Nehemiah, he fasted, he prayed, God gave him a burden, God gave him an assignment, he had this spirit's prompting, he took a step, he got resistance. And everyone, everyone said what he was doing was impossible. Okay? Everybody said it was impossible. And in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3, he's on top of the wall. He's living his vision that God has given to him, his chazon. And he says, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should I cease while I leave it and go down to you? Or in Aussie slang language, get lost. Okay? I'm here to serve God. I'm doing a great work. Look at me for a moment. I'm not going to be tempted by money. I'm not going to be tempted away from this vision by an increase in money. I'm not going to be bribed. I'm not going to be manipulated. I'm not going to do this for popularity. I'm going to live for the audience of one. That's the vision that we need to have. I was created by God. I'm in this place, in this time, in this moment. And this year, 2024, and I consider my life to be nothing, but I'm going to build that wall. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to serve. I'm going to heal my marriage. I'm not going to live in darkness and defeat. And if money were no object, what would you do for the rest of your life? If money was no object. Deo Numa, let God speak to you right this moment. Father, Help us to obey your promptings through your spirit. We want to end up somewhere on purpose. Disturb us, Lord. When we are too well pleased and with ourselves and when our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little, help us to have a bigger dream, Lord. So disturb us, Lord. Father, I pray for your church here that you would give them, each person, a zone, a vision, a purpose, a focus, a clarity, Lord. We were created for more. We, we were created, Lord, we know that we were created more than just paying off the mortgage. We, we know that we were created more than just taking the kids from kindy to uni, and that's a good thing. But you have a divine purpose for us. And we may not be quite sure what it is today, but Lord, may we experience that Deo Numa moment and may we take the next step, Lord Jesus. And may we be people who do not consider our life worth nothing, but may we be people who live for Jesus. That's our prayer today, Lord, to take the call seriously in 2024. As we keep praying and every head is bowed, I wonder, I wonder if you would say to me, with no one looking around, 
I wonder if you would just lift up your hand. You'd say, Pastor, that's me. I want a chazone in my life. I need a fresh vision in my life. Just put your hand right up quickly. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Father, I pray for everyone who's lifted their hand this morning. I pray, Lord God, may they experience the move of the Holy Spirit in their life today. Speak to them. Help them to live a life, dear God, full of your Spirit. As we keep praying, I want to ask another question to another group of people. No no one looking around. I want to tell you in the very distant future, we're all going to die one day. It's clinically proven. <laughs> it's clinically proven. We're all going to die. What are you going to do? Where are you going to end up? Everyone ends up somewhere. Few end up somewhere in purpose. So my question to you, my friends, this morning, if this is the first time you visit a church or the tenth time, or if you're watching online, don't take a chance with this. Maybe I'm good enough to enter heaven. Don't take a chance. Or I haven't been that bad. The Bible says all of us have been too bad for God and God's standard is perfect and we all fall short. The Bible says when you call upon the name of Jesus, He saves you, He transforms you, He makes you a new person. And if that's you this morning, would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, please pray for me. If you've never lifted your hand before, fantastic. Great. Thank you. Thank you for lifting your hand this morning. Okay, put it down. Thank you. My friend who lifted their hand, God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. He sent Jesus so that you might know him. And today, right now, you've lifted your hand and you said you want God in your life. He loves you. He cares for you. And the moment you lifted your hand and placed your trust in Him, He says you become a brand new creation in Him. Thank you, Lord. Amen.